On September 30th, Whitman's 2021 Reporting Year Cleary Committee, chaired by Senior Associate Dean of Students Julie Dunn, hosted a forum to discuss this year's annual security report. You're listening to the Whitman Wire podcast. I'm Casey Moulton. The Annual Security Report, or ASR, is an important look into the campus environment, providing details regarding crime, fire, and institutional policies concerning security. First up this episode, we have an interview with Greg Powell. Before we get to that interview, some background. The Cleary Act was passed in 1990, following Jean Cleary's rape and murder in her dorm room at Lehigh University. Under the Jean Cleary Act, all colleges and universities in the United States that receive federal funding are required to release an annual security report by October 1st. Crimes included under the Cleary Act include specific criminal offenses, including sexual violence, hate crimes, violence against women act offenses, and arrests and referrals for disciplinary action. Cleary crimes are very specific and have to occur inside equally specific geographies. On campus, on campus residential, public property, and non campus properties controlled by recognized organizations, like Burlesque Stadium and the Johnson Wilderness Center. Buildings included under this geography have changed since last year's report. All fraternity houses and all 56 college owned student rentals are classified as on campus residences for the purpose of the report. I spoke to Powell following the release of the college's ASR, but our conversation is a little broader, touching on the of security, the importance of reporting, and how an event makes it to the record. Here's that interview. So my name is Greg Powell. I'm the director of campus security here. I've been at Whitman since August 1st, and I'm in charge of the uh, campus security program. So what does the scope of campus security look like? My experiences with security tend to just be people unlocking doors and walking students places after dark. So not super well-rounded. What does the scope of those responsibilities look like? Uh, basically it is to protect and to uh, you know, serve the community that we work for. Right? So it's property and, and the students' belongings is what we're protecting and then serving the, the community in the, in the hall. So like you mentioned earlier, escorts and things of that nature. It's, it's, is really the scope of our job and to observe and report. So observe and report. I'm talking to you under the context of the annual security report that was just recently released. Since you're new to Whitman, I understand you came into that project very much in the middle. What was it like kind of starting with everyone else already moving? It was basically at the end. They were just making sure that the numbers matched up and everything was correct. So really when I got in, it was, it was basically over. Everybody was looking at the numbers that were compiled mm-hmm. and just confirming that, hey, these are the ones that are correct. So. We've we've got numbers on that final report, but could you walk me through how an event makes it to that point in the first place? Like how an event makes it onto the crime log and then onto a kind of report like that? What's the the story of an incident maybe? For instance, if we had a a motor vehicle theft, that report starts in campus security. Uh, We have a victim and the victim reports it to us. We'll go ahead and document it and we'll go ahead and place that information on the campus crime log. And then it'll make its way over to what we call advocate is where we store all our incident reports and we'll flag it for a Cleary report as well. What the Cleary report includes is very specific. Uh, It's my understanding that the college reports more incidents on the crime law that are required under the Cleary Act. Can you explain why it's important that all of the incidents are shared besides just the ones required by law? Yeah, I think it's very important to be very transparent. I think the campus community 
needs to know exactly what's going on. So this is why we must report all the crimes and things that take place on campus. And I think it's uh, forward facing and everyone can see what's going on. So all those reports are specific to incidents involving members of the campus community that happen on campus. Does campus security keep any records of incidents that occur off campus involving students? Think something that happens in a student rental that's not college owned. Does the college keep any records surrounding those kinds of incidents? Well, it all varies in the geography, right? So where is this rental property located? If it's five miles down the street, then no, we do not keep track of those records. But we do keep uh, in contact with Walla Police Department and they give us the surrounding areas and streets of any crimes that happen within those areas. You've mentioned geography a couple of times and the importance of geography. Can you just walk me through what some of that geography looks like when we talk about security reporting? Is it on campus versus off campus? Is there something more nuanced there? Well, I mean, it's basically straightforward, right? The on-campus property is very clear. I mean, we know what the center of the campus is. And then off-campus properties that relate to, like, our housing. That's just on the other side of Isaac Street. When we take a look at the numbers that were released last week for this specific security report, the statistics have kind of been all over the place for the last three years. And my guess would be that's in part due to campus closures related to the pandemic and people just not being here. With so much variability, how do you put those numbers in context? Text, and how do you make plans moving forward with so much difference in reports over the last few years? So yes, you're absolutely correct. With the pandemic, the numbers are a lot lower than they were before pandemic. And that's the way that you, you would justify why you have higher numbers in 2019 and then come 2020, the numbers are a lot lower. But the approach is gonna be the same, right? We have to, we have to be proactive in the way that we respond to these crimes or the nature of these incidents. So I think even if it, the numbers are higher in 2019, we still need to be proactive. Here we are in 2020. Yeah, and what does a proactive response look like? Um, just looking at trends, for instance, if we have uh, an uptick in bicycle thefts on campus, then we need to make sure that we're adding additional patrols in those particular areas. The cycle of, of reporting is, is now over. We're into the next year report. What is your role looking like uh, when it comes to Cleary Act and the Cleary Committee moving forward? So I'll be the chair of the committee and it'll all basically fall on my hands, right? Um, so I'm pretty excited because I believe that they have done a lot of great work in advance. So it'll be easy for me to just start that today and make sure that we're keeping track of the uh, number and making sure everyone is uh, aware of their positions and jobs and, and inside the committee. So there's obviously a lot of a lot of people who serve on that committee, folks from Residence Life, Title IX, Student Conduct. Is it a collaborative process? So it is a collaborative project, right? A process. It, it, it entails that we get together. Lately, it's been monthly here, um, but I see it being quarterly until we get closer to the reporting time. And we make sure that all of our numbers are matching up because security is ultimately re, uh, responsible for it. So once we have, we know the cases and we'll confirm, for instance, with facilities, hey, how many fires do we have on campus? And this is the number that we have. And like I said earlier, there's one database. And in that database, we're able to go back and track all of our uh, incidents. Something that's kind of been a common thread here is we talk about reports. My guess would be it's, it's fair to say that what's reported is not representative of every incident that happens. What does the future of that look like? Is it creating a like a campus environment where people can be comfortable reporting? What does that look like to you? No, you hit it right on the head. Uh, we got to make sure that the campus feels comfortable reporting all crimes to us because you're, you're absolutely right. We can only stat and report what is told to us 
Um, if that information is not provided to us, then we can't log it. And it really doesn't adjust to the campus in a whole if we're not being very accurate in the numbers of the incidents that are happening on campus. How does that known discrepancy kind of fit into campus security's goal to be proactive? I believe, you know, one, you have to reflect the, the community that you serve. So we have to, you know, be engaged, be involved, and, and be open to criticism as well and, and make the corrections that are needed. Um, but I, I believe if you reflect the community you serve, then you'll have individuals willing to speak to. Is there anything else you'd like to share about this year's annual security report or the role of campus security overall? No, I think uh, they've done a great job before I got here, and I continue to uh, want to strive and make this department better. The annual security report is shared yearly, but Whitman's crime log, available online, is updated within two days of an incident report. For more on the ASR, check out my full article, Whitman Releases Annual Security Report Under Cleary Act, at WhitmanWire.com. As quoted from the Whitman.edu website, Wittis Helping Wittis is an event partnership between the Alumni Office and the Career and Community Engagement Center that helps current students connect with alumni in order to grow their knowledge, build valuable networks, and find career opportunities. The offices sponsor multiple opportunities for alumni to connect with students via networking, presentations, or even just casual chats. On Friday, September 30th, the first Wittis Helping Wittis event of this academic year was held. I'm Audrey Martin, and this week I spoke to a few staff members that are involved in the Wittis Helping Wittis event and also an alumni who came for the reunion weekend and participated on this event as well. Maddie Welch just recently graduated from Whitman on May 2022 and is now working as the Marketing and Communications Fellow at the CCAC, whereas Kim Rolf is the Director of Career Development at the CCAC and has been working at Whitman for over 10 years. I talked to both Maddie and Kim about the process of Wittis helping Wittis event and how they believe this event impact both students and alumni. Hi Maddie, hi Kim. Thank you so much for being with us today and do you guys mind probably introducing yourself for a little bit. So my name is Maddie. I'm the Marketing and Communications Fellow for the Career and Community Engagement Center, and I also graduated from Whitman in May of 2022. I'm Kim Rolfe. I'm the Director for Career Development in the Career and Community Engagement Center, and I've been at Whitman almost 10 years. My first question will be like, what is exactly the Witties for Witties event and what was the preparation for this event? Yeah, so Witties Helping Witties is actually a partnership between the Alumni Office and the Career and Community Engagement Center. And it's essentially like a networking event for current students to meet with alumni. It's like a pre-built community that students can interact with to like gain some knowledge, get advice, um, find career opportunities. A lot of the prep work comes from the Alumni Office since obviously a huge part of the event is getting the alumni here. So Kim knows maybe more about the prep work, so I'll let her answer that bit. Sure. Prep work really boils down to making sure alumni and students are aware of the opportunity. We host these events at times when we can get alumni and students in the same place. So obviously taking advantage of reunion weekend when alumni are back on campus and then times when students are in places where we have lots of alumni. So we also host them during winter break in cities like Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, so that when students are, you know, either traveling during the break or visiting friends or our home, they have the opportunity to meet with alumni and parents in those cities at these events. And so preparation really is about making sure students have the tools to feel confident in that space. And then just that they know that it's happening and, and how to get there. Oh, okay. Yeah. I can only imagine because like the alumni network must be like a lot 
but it seems like the student is still here, so it's probably easier to reach out to them instead of the alumni. And for Maddie, I would like to ask, like, since you were since you just graduated in May, you must have went to the Wittis, Help the Wittis event, right, during your school year. And what would you say is the most positive impact that you got from that event? So before COVID, I had gone to a Wittis Helping Wittis event in Portland, which is where I'm from. And I think something great about that is if you continue to want to live in your hometown, like there's already kind of a, a network there for you to connect with. But I think one of the great things about Woody's Helping Woody's is it kind of breaks down a barrier of networking, which is that like you already have a starting point of connection, being that you're both or all from Whitman and you have that relationship. So I think that is super great. And it's also interesting to look at oh, like this alumni majored in English, but then they've gone into a field that is completely unrelated. So I think it also helps to kind of like broaden your ideas of what the possibilities are after college in a really interesting way. Okay. Since like they're already in the field and they're already out there, it makes it easier for us to like visualize what could possibly happen later. And for Kim, uh, what would you say was like the biggest setback during like preparations of this event? Like not only this year's, but maybe past years that are kind of continuous. So we've been hosting these events with the Alumni Relations Office uh, since 2014. And I would say some of the biggest challenges that we've had, not specific to this event, this event went really, really quite smoothly. I think people are excited to be socializing again. And we haven't hosted reunion events for the last two years, obviously, because of limitations to having large groups of people together. So this year, I think there was a lot of enthusiasm for the event. But in the past, we faced challenges with weather and travel. And, and of course, then, you know, during the pandemic, we weren't able to, to do much. But for the most part, what I found is if you give witties the opportunity to get together and meet each other and learn from each other, it's always a very enthusiastic, high-energy gathering. I had a great conversation on Friday with a Whitman senior who I met gosh, probably his first week at Whitman. And he was talking about how surreal it was to be back in the space of gathering with other witties because the first witties helping witties he attended was reunion weekend of his freshman year. And now he is a senior and had the opportunity to attend again and didn't have an opportunity in between. So he was really enthusiastic about just getting the chance to meet alumni again. I think kind of adding on to that, because of the pandemic, students have kind of been set back in their ability to like understand how to network face to face and how to interact with these people that you do not know. So I think having the first like Witties Helping Witties event post-ish, post-pandemic on Whitman campus during such a high energy weekend with I don't even know how many classes of alumni was a really good way to kind of jump back in. And I was honestly really impressed by the students that I saw there because it didn't seem like they like skipped a beat at all. Like they all seemed very comfortable. And I think that that's kind of just a good thing about having that common connection of Whitman. It makes it yeah. easier to jump back into the in-person networking. Yeah, that's true. I talked to a couple of alumni on Friday as well, and they were very sweet. And I just learned a lot from them. So what would you say was the most interesting and rewarding part of this event for you personally, for both of you? 
Maddie, why don't you go first? This is the first thing that pops into my head and it's kind of just a silly little detail, but I saw one of the alum that came to our event during alumni weekend, they get all these ribbons that say like different things they were a part of in college. And his was like all the way down to his belt. It was like, he clearly very active in college, but then he gets to our table where he puts the ribbons on for the different like career areas that he has knowledge and expertise in. And even then he grabbed like five more. And so I think it was just really cool to see these alumni, like, I guess, demonstrating how many different areas of knowledge that as cheesy as it sounds that a liberal arts education can give you and just that Whitman can give you in general. You know, I think Maddie brings up just a great point in terms of a lot of times at an institution, you're going to come across an alum who has like a very specific narrow focus for both their education and their career. And I feel like Whitman's education, because it's so broad and we have students and graduates with such diverse areas of interest that um, it's really makes those events so much more energetic and positive because you have alumni who are not just standing in one location, but they're moving through the different professional fields that we have, you know, space for and, and meeting lots of different students. I want to just kind of raise up what Maddie said about that. For me, the best part, these are my favorite, hands down, favorite events of the year. And it's because as soon as people start getting in the room, that energy that Whitman has, like it just takes over and they are high energy, very positive. Even when I come across students who I can tell this may be their first time and they're not really sure what to do or who to approach. We as staff help them start those conversations. And usually it takes maybe one introduction and then they're also understanding how you move around the room and start conversations and almost always come away, you know, with a a really positive feeling. So even if they're a little, I'd say trepidatious going in, they usually come out like, oh my gosh, that was awesome. I really (laughs) appreciated that. So that's also a good feeling. Since we're towards the end of our interview, I would would like to ask one last question. And it would be like, do you guys have any current motivations for current students around networking or like uh, taking advantage of this event, future events of I think going into these kind of events with an open mind is just a really great place to start. I was talking to a student on Friday who had a list of alumni that were at the event that she wanted to talk to. And she spoke to one of them. And while their job was not really what they were looking for, it was the organization that they worked at that then gave her like kind of that bridge into that organization. So I then she's going to look for an internship for the summer at this place. And so I think going in, understanding that there's a lot of different things that you can get from these events. It's not necessarily, oh, I'm going to learn about this job or, oh, I'm going to learn about this company. It's that it could really, it could really lead you in any direction as long as you go in willing to go along with whatever happens, I guess. What I would say to students is that don't be afraid to take any opportunity to start building relationships with people that are doing things that sound interesting to you. So whether that, you know, attending a Witties Helping Witties event, there will be more coming in January in those major cities, like I mentioned. There will also be another event on campus, probably in February with Whitman graduates who live and work in the Walla Walla area. So you'll get a chance to meet local alumni as well. But you can also take that relationship building online and use digital tools 
tools like LinkedIn and the Whitman Connect alumni directory so that you don't have to wait until you're in that space. You can reach out and strike up a conversation with an alum now. And, you know, if you're someone who's never done that before, schedule an appointment with one of the staff members in the Career and Community Engagement Center, and we can help you understand how to be successful in doing that. It's it's funny how often I speak to alumni and probably 95% of the time, they will say that there was a Whitman connection somewhere in their career path that helped open a door for them. And most of the time, a relationship that can last years and mentorship that's available. I would just encourage students to build that component of relationship building in the same way that you build relationships with faculty and staff on campus. The Whitman Alumni Network is an incredible asset as part of your education at Whitman and something that I think more students would would enjoy taking advantage of. Okay, thank you very much, Kimmy. I also agree that we should really take the opportunity to network with alumni and also with other students in here that we might not know of yet. The more network you have, the more easier, not easier, but like the more rewarding your whole education experience and also when you go into the work experience more. All right, thank you very much, Maddie and Kim, for being here with us. Rachel Jumego is a Whitman alumni who graduated from Whitman in 2006 with a double major in biology and environmental science. She's now working as a high school summer science teacher at Portland Public School, musician, and stay-at-home mom. I talked to Rachel about her experiences in the Wheaties helping Wheaties event as an alumni and how she believes Whitman has changed after several years of not coming back. Okay, first of all, thank you very much Rachel for being here with us and okay so can I probably ask you to introduce yourself a little bit oh sure yeah I'm Rachel Jamaica I was Rachel Byron Law when I was a student here I graduated in 2006 and studied biology environmental science oh environmental studies that was my major what do you know about the event witties for witties As far as I know, it's talking to current students Mm -hmm. about their hopes and dreams and questions. (laughs) How did you initially take part in this event? Um, I think my husband signed us up, and he is also a grad the same year. So, yeah, I think he told me about it. Okay, that's cool. And so since it's been a long time since you came back to Whitman, did you notice any changes? And yeah, what was the biggest change? Yeah, let's see. It's interesting because my youngest sibling graduated Mm -hmm. in 2017. So not too long ago. That's pretty recent. Yeah, I guess, I mean, there's a lot of new buildings, obviously. And I feel like there's um, change. Well, I don't know. Maybe it was my sibling's experience. So (laughs) it's hard to to speak to that. But um, yeah, I guess as an outsider, I noticed the new buildings, of course. But then (laughs) being in a core class again was really Uh. interesting. (laughs) When we had core, it was mostly about like Greek. Yeah, we read the Tanakh. And we mm-hmm. read the Odyssey and just mm-hmm. only pretty much we read one author by somebody who wasn't a white man, I think. Oh, okay. And the rest of the class was pretty focused. It was called Antiquity and Modernity. Ooh. And this class seemed just, way more about... Um, this is justice, so yeah. it's more about and, diversity. Right? Yeah, okay. that's so cool to see. That's an awesome change then from yeah. where it was your time. And yeah. What would you say is like the main purpose of the Witties for Witties event? And like, uh, I mean, from your standpoint, how, how would you say that this event would like positively impact the current students or like maybe your yeah your your current year too? Well, I remember I was in the um I was sort of joined 
this group that started almost right as I was graduating, mm-hmm. the blue collar and mm-hmm. I forget what it's called now. Oh, and first generation college <laughs> oh, student group. Okay. And they were saying they were talking about the phenomenon where a lot of people come from all different kinds of backgrounds mm-hmm. and then get to Whitman and then it's kind of just assumed that now you'll be able to figure it out. Like you'll be able to be on a path to success, whatever that looks like <laughs> for you. And then a lot of people you graduate and you're like, Oh my gosh, now what? I don't know what comes next or how to yeah. navigate or network or, or, or what do I do now, you know? Yeah. So I think for me, that's why I wanted to go is to try to be there for somebody who Aww. has one's help. <laughs> so, also, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's always great for maybe current students now to hear about like the past alumni experiences and all of that too. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like is your overall experience of taking part in this event and do you have any like motivations for current students who are... Yeah, I like to think about when Don Snow said when I was a senior, he mm-hmm. said our job was to find where to put our lever of that's influence, cool. you know, okay. and, and I, I, like I like that, that. image. <laughs> yeah. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. <laughs> Helping Witty's event is very rewarding for both current students and alumni. Students get a chance of networking with Whitman alumni who are already out in the real world and get to hear about their experiences after graduation. Meanwhile, the alumni get a chance to share about their experiences which can also be very fulfilling and they can also connect with other alumni that come to the event. Staff members also believe this event is very exciting to host and watch how alumni and current students interact. For current students, we must not forget to utilize all the networking opportunities provided because these opportunities will be very useful for both our studying experience as well as to help guide us after graduation. For the Whitman Wire podcast headlines, the week of October 5th, from The Wire in News. From September 15th through October 15th, the United States observes Hispanic Heritage Month. The start date is the anniversary of the independence for several Latin American countries, Naza Penick writes. Members of the Whitman and broader Walla Walla communities are planning events to highlight the achievements of and to celebrate Hispanic communities. Book banning efforts within the Walla Walla School District continue, reports Sebastian Squire. The events in Walla Walla are mirroring those happening across the United States. In the first eight months of 2022, the American Library Association recorded 681 attempted bans, targeting 1,597 titles. 22-year-old Amasa Amini was visiting Tehran, Iran on September 16th, where she was arrested by the morality police for not wearing her hijab correctly. She died in custody. Sebastian Squire speaks to members of the campus community on the protests in Iran that have occurred following Amini's death. In Campus Life From September 27th through October 2nd, Harper Joy showed its first play of the semester. They don't pay, we don't pay. In a review of the play, Tenzin Uden argues that what made the performance successful was the competence of the actors and the hard work of everyone that was part of the show behind the scenes. Alexa Grishishkin reports that the Whitman African Students Association held Hello Africa on September 25th, an event that led coordinators to reflect on the importance of community. Events like Hello Africa are steps to make Whitman feel like a diverse international community. Three days a week, the Sand Volleyball Club meets to play on the courts next to Stanton, reports Charlie Hunter. Although the courts have been available for several years, the student club is a year old and gained traction during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you.
This week's feature dives into the creative processes of students involved in the arts, musicians, fiction writers, and songwriters alike. No matter what your creative process manifests itself as, feature writer Anna Shimkus finds that we all can benefit from taking a moment to slow down and care for ourselves to ensure we can continue with integrity. For these complete stories and more from this week's issue of the Whitman Wire, check out our website, WhitmanWire.com. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a product of the Whitman Wire newspaper, publishing Whitman News since 1896. This episode's theme song is Take It Easy by the Wind Up Birds. We'll see you next time. <laughs>